Today, I'm going to minister on the subject that Jesus overcomes. It's a unique title because no one looks at Jesus as though he needs to overcome. After all, he is the son of the living God. But the message today, and this is the season where the devil is rampant, if there's ever a season. But he is not victorious. And God's had to have a perfect sacrifice for our sins to be forgiven. So Jesus had to go through the temptation process. And I know that, you know, there are certain parts of the Bible that the world knows And I'm sure that if you ask them what happened to Jesus before his ministry, they would be able to tell you, well, the devil tempted him. But, you know, it's something that the church has not taken a good look at, at least uh, in, in our church. I've never ministered on this subject before of Jesus overcoming it. It almost doesn't want to come out right to say that the message is about Jesus overcoming, but if he never overcame, then we couldn't be forgiven. And so this message today is from uh, Matthew 4 and Luke 4. So you can turn to either one of the places and and just kind of have it uh, before you because it's important that the church see that Jesus was tempted. And I found a little bit of a a new truth to myself as I studied it this week, and I'll be sharing that with you. But as we walk with Jesus, remember these 40 days now, we're walking with Jesus through all of the changes that's going to go on in his life till he reaches Calvary, until he gives his life for our transgressions. And so we're walking with him, and the first thing that happens is that God sends him into the wilderness. Have you ever had a wilderness experience, a time when you just didn't feel that God was near and you've gone through a heartache and you ask him to help you and it seemed like the more you asked for help, the longer the heartache got? You've been through those kinds of situations. So we're going to walk with Jesus and the first thing that has to happen to him is he has to overcome temptation. He has to be tempted by the enemy And it's a passage of scripture that's pretty familiar with everybody, but there's some important things in it. He was in the flesh. Everybody knows that. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He was God, yet he was in the flesh. And I don't know how that must have been for him to have the power of God in him and yet have the feelings that we have. And the Bible says that he was tempted in every way like as we're tempted. Now, I think uh, there's probably 20 people here, and we all represent different kinds of temptations that the enemy comes against us. Different trials, different temptations, different hurts, different disappointments. We all have different ones. And the Bible says that Jesus, you know, overcome all of them. Everything that every one of us, and I've felt 100,000, I think, And I'm sure that you guys have felt a lot of disappointments in your life and those kinds of things. But Jesus has suffered all of these things. And so I want to show you a little nugget that I saw this week as I studied. We don't think about Jesus overcoming 
We think about him being perfect because he was the son of God. But in the flesh, he could not be perfect. How many know we're not perfect? So he had to be perfected to be the sacrifice for us. So this chapter in in Mark 4 and Luke 4, these are very, very important uh, chapters. Twice it's written in Scripture that Jesus was sent into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Well, um, as we look at it, Hebrews 4.15, I just want to quote that for you. It says, For we have a high priest which cannot be touched with, with, with the feeling, which can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Excuse me. Jesus was to be a pure sacrifice. He had to deal with our fleshly things, overcome them, to become the Redeemer for our salvation. And I think that the church doesn't always note that, that sometimes we forget just how powerful it is to deal with God in us and the flesh in us, because God lives in us too. (coughs) Verse 16 of Hebrews 4 says, Then it tells us this is why we can come boldly into the presence of the throne of God is because of his perfection. So these three temptations, everybody knows them, the pride of life, the 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 bread and there's three big temptations that the that we read of in this chapter but before we start Luke 4 1 through 2 gives us a nugget and it says and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan excuse me wrong scripture okay yes it is returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness Verse 2 is one I want you to see. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. Now, normally we look at that and we see the three things that Jesus tempted him. Well, we're going to come to it. It's when the devil said, it, it says here that Jesus was tempted for 40 days before these three things. And in those 40 days, those must be the things that Hebrews talking about. That in all ways, the things that we do, that we need forgiveness for, that we need to come to Christ for, Jesus was tempted with them. So it was not just those three things. It was 40 days of harassment. So the Bible says, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like flesh, doesn't it? After 40 days of harassment and 40 days of fasting, Jesus had this fleshly feeling, I'm hungry. How many know we really have that fleshly feeling? And Jesus was hungry. And then these three powerful temptations come, which the Bible alerts us to. And the devil said to him, well, if you're so hungry and you're the son of the living God, just cast, you know, take that, that, cast those stones into bread and eat. And you know what Jesus' weapon was? He said, uh, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of their mouth. There's a revelation. We are to live by what words that proceed out of our mouth. If we want strength, if we want food, spiritual food, if we want spiritual things to happen in our life, we need to protect our mouth. What our mouth says, what our mouth does, 
and understand that it is written that God will protect our mouth. I don't know, but worry is, doesn't belong in our mouth. Fear, anxiety, stress, those things do not belong in our mouth. You say, well, they're not in my mouth. Well, when you start to say, what's going on here? I don't understand this. God, I've been so good. I've been faithful. I've tithed. I've did what you want me to do. Why am I suffering? Because Jesus suffered and bled and died for us. And we are in a crucified life. We're going to follow him in that. And these trials and temptations and heartaches and disappointments and hurts are all part of us honing our spiritual life for eternity. This is revelatory. I've, I've, it's revelatory to me that Jesus was harassed for 40 days before they got to the big things. Before the devil told him to cast the stone into bread. And before the devil took him on a high pinnacle and said, All these kingdoms of the world I will give you. What was he dealing with? The pride of life. You know, everybody likes power. And that happens in the church probably as much as it happens in the world. Because you give somebody power and then the power overrides the spiritual things that God wants for the church. God doesn't care if this church is full. God wants the hearts that's in this church to be full of him. That's what God desires. He desires that the people be filled with his presence, that there be people ready for the kingdom of God, not churches and facilities. This temptation went on for 40 days and then the big things. He took him on the temple and he wanted him to fall down and worship him in the kingdoms of this world. But each time Jesus said, it is written, church, we know that. If I ask you, what do you think Jesus said to the devil when the devil said, turn the stones into bread? You would say, he said, it is written. See, we know this, but we don't act upon it. We don't live in it. We don't understand that. When the heartache comes, we turn to the devil and we say, get behind me, Satan. It is written, you know, this is not going to happen in my life because I have power with God. It's more than just saying three words. It is written. It's believing it in your heart and knowing what to say to the enemy. When he harasses you in finances, you say, my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I know how to ask. And I will go according to his will. And if it's his will for me to have some financial difficulties, then I'll see what he will do and how he will bring me through. It's all about victory at the end. The devil thinks in this season that he's winning, that he's on track. For Calvary, he's on track for crucifixion. He thinks he's on track to win because he's so stupid that he doesn't understand that his force is not as powerful as God's. And church, we need to have that power in us that we can turn to the enemy and talk to him and tell him that it is written that God is for us. No weapon that's formed against us is going to prosper. We need the power and the anointing of the word of God in our life to offset the harassment of the enemy. The harassment of the enemy is going to be here till Jesus comes because Jesus is the victor in the end of all things. So we need the power of the word of God in us. Now, Jesus is set to do good. In the days ahead, we'll see what the Bible says. He went about doing good. He was harassed. 
He was harassed to the point that he hungered and he thirsted. And he was, you know, he was destitute in the flesh. His flesh was hurting as he came through the wilderness experience. But you know what, church? When our flesh hurts, we can give glory to God. That's the thing, that it is written. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of their mouth. Think about the things that proceed out of our mouth. Think about the negative things. Think about the short things. Think about the curt things. Think about the unlovely things. All these things that proceed out of our mouth. But if we could get the glory of God so much in us and so much of a revelation of his word in us that we would have his word come out of our mouth, we would be more than victors in the situation of the harassment of the enemy. So we do not answer the tempter. Uh, weekly and say why me lord but we answer the tempter by saying it is written i am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb by the word of my testimony and i will not love my life more than i love give it live in an eternal life so we are often tempted by the things of the world and must overcome and jesus is our great example you know he went through the suffering he went through the heartache he went through all these things the bible says That's what the enemy was doing those 40 days, was harassing him with these things. But simply thinking this morning, what would I like to change? What would I like to change? I have to ask myself that question before I ask you. What do we want to change in these 40 days? Where do we fall short of the glory of God in our life that we would want to come against the works of darkness and say, it is written, I will change, I will glorify God, I will not nag, I will not worry, I will not fear, I will not do these things that the enemy harasses me with, but by the word of God I will overcome. This is the word for the church today. So it's a time, a season for us to check, to check our attitudes, to check our Christian experience to check our spiritual maturity. You know, sometimes we just go along and we live and we go to church and we do the right things and we work hard at being a Christian. But sometimes we need to just stop and say, what is it that I need to change that will help me to be more like Jesus? And I don't know about you, but I I need a lot of changes to be more like Jesus. And the church of Jesus Christ is going to need to be more like him in the days ahead that they've ever been. You know, the things of the past have been easy, but that we're going to be challenged in our spiritual lives in the days ahead. And so it's powerful to know that we have an instrument of power. If we turn to the devil and say, it is written, then we are speaking the words of truth and power. And then so we speak the words and we say, it is written, I, I'm, I'm going to be blessed. And we go ahead and we, not, we don't feel the blessings. Do you ever do that? Do you ever say, God, I'm going to trust you in this? And then tomorrow is worse than yesterday. But you see, that's the, that's the crucified life, church. That's what God is calling us to. God is calling us to perfection. And that is a hard thing, church. I don't know about you, but to be perfect is pretty hard. And God is calling us to perfection. God is calling us to be better. God is calling us to come higher. God is calling us to prove that we are a better Christian 
than the enemy wants to make us out to be. Jesus overcame the temptations. They were hard. They were difficult. He fasted. He disciplined himself for 40 days without even eating. We have this account twice in Scripture that Jesus was tempted and tormented by the enemy. So when something comes upon you and you're laying on your bed and you think, boy, this is tormenting me, that's when you need to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. It is written that there is victory at the end of this. It, there, it is written that I will overcome, that I will have a testimony, that your blood will cover me, and I will get through this. So after these 40 days, then they take him on these big three things, the pride of life, wanting him to give him the kingdoms of the world. And the last thing the devil asked him to do was to worship him. The last thing he asked Jesus to do was to worship him. And if you notice, in this chapter, the devil quotes scripture. He said, well, just cast yourself down off of this pinnacle. I mean, they were on the pinnacle of the temple. And the devil said, just cast yourself down. And then he quotes Psalm 91. He said, the, de- the Lord says he'll give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Don't think that that was Jesus saying that. That's what the devil was saying to Jesus. He will quote scripture to you. That's when you have to be more powerful than him. And you have to know what is truly written and who is truly saying it. And so he said to him, he said, just cast yourself down. The angels will take care of you. And Jesus said, no, no, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And sometimes I think that we have a tendency to maybe tempt him when we, when we worry, when we fret, and when we don't trust him. But this message is about trusting. It's about Jesus trusting his father, that when his father asked him to go to Calvary to die for sins of humanity, that he would walk the path all the way through the difficulties and through the trials and the harassments. And church, the church of Jesus Christ is being harassed today. Those troubles and trials that you're having, those are the harassments of the enemy when he's trying to break you and to slow you down and to put things in your mouth that will go against him and those kinds of things. And we have to be alert today because the enemy is rampant against the church of the living God and not just the, the not just the people of the church but he is against the church itself the the church that belongs to God and there's going to be government things that are already passing laws and things like that that's against the very creation of God and so we have to choose if we're going to worship God if we're going to stand out from among the different if we're going to stand for life instead of death and children, and what we're going to stand for, we have to make a decision what we're going to stand for today. And we can't be in a crowd that's against us and be quiet. We can no longer be quiet. We have to speak up for God. We have to speak up for the things that are right, the things that are whole, the things that are pure. And that's part of our perfection because some of us are just like to be quiet. We don't like to make waves. We don't especially like to stand against five people that are telling us that abortion is okay. We don't want to stand there and say, wait a minute, the word of God says thou shalt not kill. You know, that's just what the word says. And they have, God has protected the children from eons of time and they're still they're still harming 
children today and the thing that they're doing to children today is far worse than what they've ever done before because they're going against the creative power of God. This is what we as Christians have to face today. We have to face that we have to take a stand for God in this hour. So the devil tempted Jesus, tempted him. He said, well, you're the son of God. See, he speaks truth. He speaks to him. He said, you're the son of God, you know. You can worship me. And, and Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You know, church, three things we need to remember. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Because when he's messing with you, he's tempting God. Because God lives in you. Amen. Yeah. And, and the Lord lives in you. The whole trinity of God is in you. You are more powerful than the works of darkness. And you can overcome because the word says you can overcome. So he tempted him with the pride of life. He tempted him, the devil tempted him with power and with the pride of life and with everything that any human being could want because Jesus was in the flesh. So this was not an easy thing for Jesus. Even though the Son of God lived, he was the Son of God and God's Spirit lived in him, he still had to deal with the temptations of this world. So. Jesus, it was important that he overcome so that he could be the sacrificial lamb for our sins. We should not be derailed by glamour. Money. Now, how is it that there can be thousands? You see, those are things that should not be in my mouth. What should be in my mouth is whatever God does is great. Whatever God's purpose is, is more powerful than my purpose. And we need to get connected to the power of God and the plan of God and understand the harassment of the enemy, that the enemy has to do that to, to, for us to prove that we're overcomers. Jesus had to prove that he could overcome. And church, that is no different for us. We have to prove that we have to overcome. There's things that we need to overcome that's not sin, but it's habitual. Things that we're doing that is habitual, that doesn't glorify God, is doesn't good to our body. Those kinds of things. We have to overcome those things so that we can have a, a spiritual stand with God. The, the, the thing that overwhelms me is to think that the devil would even think that Jesus would be more powerful to have the kingdoms because he already owns the kingdoms. Right. You see, that's how stupid the, the enemy is. And yet we listen to those harassments sometimes and they de- de- derail us. They cause us to fall short. We get an extra pain and we're not in church. Or we, this happens and we, you know, we get a financial thing and we withhold a tithe. You know, we do these little things then we, and we do like the Sunday school lesson was. We have our reasons. They're just fibs. They're not truths. We have our reasons why we do those things. But church, those are the things that we have to overcome. That we can be perfect, as perfect as we can be in the flesh. And that is not a, that is, that's not a scriptural concept because our flesh is, is, is polluted. But in this season, we can look at ourselves and we can say, I, I need to change this. I need to discipline this. I need to quit this. And you know what? 21 days is a fast, a, a true fast. Uh, a biblical fast, and 21 days will fix it, and you'll never drink coffee again. 
Dorothy, I t- probably told you this, Dorothy Funk gave up her, her coffee. Was it coffee or tea? Coffee, coffee for, tw- for the 40 days, and she never drank coffee again. But uh, I've given up that before, but I still drink it. But, you know, just to give up something that is habitual with you, just to give it up and get out of your own space and get into the spiritual space of God. And now you can't just not have coffee. When you don't have coffee, you have to sit down like you're going to have coffee and open your Bible and take on something when you take off something because otherwise it's not going to work for you. But discipline ourselves, and I believe that the church of Jesus Christ needs more discipline today than it ever did. And I believe that God is requiring more of us than we believe. Because this is an hour, a strategic hour, that the works of darkness is forming itself in a powerful way to come against the church of God. What do we learn about temptation? What do we learn <clears throat> about those things in our life that discourage? What what do we what do we learn? What changes comes to our life to overcome? Is the answer? That's right. Jesus overcome temptation by the Word of God. The only way we will overcome is by the power of the Word of God. And that's why we need to read our Bible. That's why we need to study our Bible. That's why we need to to theologically go through it. When you read a scripture and you think about that, stop and think about it. Ask God to give you a revelation on it because His Word is revelatory. And I've, I've read this passage of scripture for years, but to see that... He was harassed for 40 years before those three things, you know, was a revelatory note to me. And I pray that God will begin to give us those revelatory nuggets that will strengthen our spiritual man. The enemy is out to weaken the church, and God is out to strengthen the church. And when you go through the weakening process and you overcome you will be victorious in the end. Jesus is going to die on the cross. He's going to be crucified. This is going to be the greatest day the enemy ever said, but three days, the enemy's end is there. And Jesus will rise triumphant, and all of us will be a participant and a receiver of his redemption. How awesome is that? I'm going to end this sermon short this morning, but the point is is that we need to overcome. We really need to set some boundaries in our life. Some little things that are not necessarily a sin, but don't glorify God. Is that possible? Is there possible to be things in our life that doesn't glorify God, but maybe they're not a, a cardinal sin? Maybe we think that we can get by with them because, well, they're not all that bad, you know. But I want to say to the church today that in these 40 days, if you will discipline yourself to something, if you will try to take out something and put on something, God will bring a glorious spiritual change in your life. It's happened in my life. 
And there are many, many testimonies of what God has done after the people have fasted. If you don't want to fast the whole 40 days, just do what God says. Fast a meal a day. Fast something. Just do what God tells you to say. And I promise you that if you get down on your knees and say, Lord, I want to discipline myself, what is it you want me to do? I'm sure he will speak. Something will run right through your mind. And then the devil will say, well, that's that's not God. Father, we love you today, oh God. No matter the harassment of the enemy, you're still here. You're still God, and you're still victorious. And we are victorious in you. Father, speak deep into our hearts today that we might discipline ourselves in something that would glorify you and that we might take on something more spiritual that will just remain with us until you come. For this we give you thanks, O God.